Hello. 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 Hello, everybody. Hello, Father Peter. Hello, Scott Powell. Hello to all of you, and welcome to the podcast. It is awesome that you are here with us, and we are up here in uh, the mountains. This is the mountains. We are sitting in little camp chairs looking at the uh, the peaks off in the distance. And and the thunderstorms thunderstorms forming forming right above us. So we might be a little electrical equipment. Yeah, we might be faster than we normally are. Man, Father Peter, we've had a weird couple weeks worth of uh, podcasting life. Holy cow! We're just so this uh, this podcast we're squeezing into the nooks and crannies. I'm up. (laughs) We're actually both up here at Camp Boitio right now. We're starting our staff training for our our summer of 2015 season, which is uh, awesome. We have these great college and seminarians, uh, college students, seminarians from all over the country gathered here to teach the faith. Um, yeah, we're super pumped. So, sorry for all of you about last week's podcast. It was our first podcast in three years that has not aired, and it was a really good one, too. It was a really good one. It was on Pentecost, and unfortunately, what ended up happening is that the computer decided to give a digital wonk-tastic thing. And Father Peter, the most astute technological person I know... Couldn't even solve this problem. No, it was I, so dire. No, I like so fatal. I tried to do like a memory dump. I mean, like it was horrible. It I was like horrible. tried to. Yeah. It was a horrible feeling. So we just. We and just it was a really good podcast. So, so we're gonna try to make up for it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is. We're no longer in Easter. We haven't gotten to say goodbye to Easter together, you guys, because we missed Pentecost. So now we're in. Well. It we is technically ordinary time, even though this is the Feast of the Holy Trinity, right? Yeah. It's Solemnity of the Holy Trinity. Solemnity of the Holy Trinity. And, uh, and so, yeah, last, um, so la- last, um, last week, we, uh, it was a beautiful podcast. <laughs> we should keep reiterating. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, just, just like look in your heart. And some of the look in your heart, maybe that's where the file got lost, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was just really funny. There was one priest who, uh, who emailed <laughs> us. And wh- what did he say? Again? It was just a long list of, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that just made me really happy because it really does show forth that like one of our intentions is that you would use this to prepare your homilies, yeah. And, and a brother who uh, couldn't do it, like, <laughs> that makes me really sad and happy that you use it. But well, then. and the thing that I'm I'm maybe most sad about. So here in the Archdiocese of Denver, we are restoring the sacraments um, to their original order, so that basically confirmation is getting moved earlier. And um, the readings, I think, were a great insight into that last week. In that, and just to, just to summarize on, on one note. Uh, if you remember the readings from last week, we have Pentecost, which is the giving of the Holy Spirit. Um, so everyone receives the Holy Spirit. The apostles then go out and speak in tongues, and 3,000 are baptized. But then by the time you get to the gospel reading, remember in the gospel, there's this weird little thing that says Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on them, and they received it. So you're like, well, wait a second. I thought they're receiving the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. But in the gospel, they already got it back at the Last Supper. Yeah. And the answer to that, this is the church's understanding. Look, the giving of the Holy Spirit at the Last Supper is, is in a certain sense kind of like a baptism where they receive the Holy Spirit for the first time, but then at Pentecost, that spirit that they received from Jesus himself is empowered. It's brought to life in a way that they're able then to, able to go out and share the gospel and proclaim it in this great, unique way. This is sort of how the church thinks about baptism and confirmation. Con- confirmation is not 
you know, again, us just saying, yes, I'm ready to live my faith. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit unto strength so mm-hmm. that we can use the Holy Spirit that we've been given in baptism and go and do something and change the world, which is what the apostles are doing. It's the story of those readings from last week. Yeah, it's it's so there's it's, your podcast. Yeah, it's leveling up, you know, yeah. it's, it's like <laughs> okay. you're like level yes. one Holy Spirit and now you're level two Holy Spirit. Absolutely, it's like, man. You know, level two was better. Level two is way better. So, but this week, this we week, have the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. You better believe it. And I don't understand what the Trinity has to do with these readings. So I'm excited to hear your insight. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your. I've got insight. lots of insights. They just don't have to do with the Trinity. Oh. <laughs> Our first reading, though, is from Deuteronomy chapter four, verse thirty-two through thirty-four, and then thirty-nine through forty. Great speech from Moses. Moses. And then, and then our Psalm is um, Psalm thirty-three, verses four to five. 6, 9, 18, 19, 20, 22, and then our versicle is from 12b, which is not actually the term, but I like saying it because <laughs> you always said like, it so many. I could go for a nice versicle right now. Me too. All right, our uh, second reading is from the book of Romans, the epistle of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. This is your wheelhouse, dude. I, you Romans, better believe it, dude. Romans 8. Romans 8, baby. Dude, if Romans 8 were a set of rapids, okay, it would be a class 5 rapid. Wow. I know. That's a pretty big rapid. I'm Six is unrunnable. So we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. It's very true. Yeah. And then our gospel is Matthew 28, 16 to 20. The great the end of Matthew. The end. The great omission. The great omission. <laughs> ah, as it is sometimes called. <laughs> Did they call it the great omission? Have you never omission? heard that before? No, that's awesome. Because we're not very good at the commission that we've been given. <laughs> we omit. Uh, well, this is super weird to do this because our, our our technology is just all failed. We have no internet <laughs> up here at the moment because we just kind of moved the whole show up here. Um, so, I, and my computer is literally balanced on a small stump in front of us right now, and it's hard to see because of the sunshine. And, and we this had, is this is real. This is real. This is <laughs> as raw as this podcast can get. <laughs> Dude, and like, and I was super stoked because we have a box of Magnificat. So I was like, I was like, oh yeah, box. Oh, of, you got it from our yeah yeah from oh, the box of Magnificat. But it's for June. <laughs> first June, and this is the the Sunday it's is May thirty first. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, we can't even see the screen of the computer Somehow to record. You got it in on your phone though. Yeah, dude. So, like, somehow the iPhone came through, and so we're doing Go this podcast. Six. It's because it's the six. Oh yeah, it's because the <laughs> six is built in with all the Sunday readings. <laughs> put it in. Steve Jobs. Steve thanks, Cook. Thanks, man. Or Jim Cook. What's his Tim name? Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Yep. Jim, thanks, Tim. Jim Cook is actually my neighbor growing up. Oh, he lived across the street from me. I like Shout Jim, out to Jim Cook. Cook. So, dude, let's start in the yeah, dude. Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy. Um, I. Okay, I love Deuteronomy. Have I talked about that before? How much I love Deuteronomy? You have actually, and I because most people probably hate it, but they, it's because they haven't read it. They assume that it's going to be like Leviticus again, but it's not. No, and I actually love it because of you. <laughs> you have shown. I love it because of Tom Smith. You've shown me the way. Tom Smith opened my eyes. Deuteronomy has been called the heartbeat of the Old Testament because the idea of the heart, yeah, is mentioned uh, more in Deuteronomy than I think in any other book. Which is the irony of that is that people sometimes think about Deuteronomy in terms of... So here's the dichotomy I think that that a lot of um, old school Protestantism has sort of set up this idea, and this is Luther's thinking, the idea that Old Testament is all about law and rules, yes. and the New Testament is all about love and grace, right? Which is, Which is not so, true. This is so normal for cult- culturally yes. for everybody to express this in America. Totally. Unless you read Deuteronomy and you realize Deuteronomy over and over is reiterating the heart. God doesn't look for the sacrifice. He wants the heart. 
and the the idea that the heart is on literally every page of Deuteronomy. That's what God's after. He wants to reshape Israel's heart because remember Deuteronomy is being given to them really shortly after the whole golden calf thing. So they've been released from Egypt in the Exodus. God has done these mighty things to bring them to freedom. Um, they're being formed as a people, but they failed and they started worshiping one of the gods of Egypt and they had this terror. They rejected God in a very real way um, as he's wedding himself to them. Yeah. And so Deuter- Deuteronomos, the, the name itself in Greek literally means the second law, right? Plan B. Plan B, literally. Well, um, which is interesting. As, a, as I look at this, I think about, like, I'm, I'm sitting here, you, you just look over into <laughs> your kids. Because I heard somebody scream. Somebody scream and I heard, and by like, somebody, I mean Sam. boxes falling. I think and it was stuff. a garbage truck. <laughs> okay, yeah. But either way. Yeah, yeah, it's like so, something broken. And, and I, so, <laughs> so like, broke. I just think about that as, as a father. Like, uh, do you have all the best laid plans? As yeah. a as a dad for how they go, but like the reality is, is that you you have people that you're engaging with, and they are not a plan. And they make bad decisions. They sometimes. make bad decisions. <laughs> and you and have to go to Plan B. And you have to go to Plan B, and Which so okay. so this is the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. So I, I really am looking at, at Deuteronomos as as a good fathering. We're actually having yes. an encounter with the Father here. As, as yes. going like, okay, let's actually get to the heart of this. Like, let's like the rules are, are important <laughs> because because we're really trying to get to the heart. Yes, and the rules are one way to actually get us there. Yes, but it's not a it's but it's not the best way. Uh, no. Well, or is it's it? It's not. I don't know. It, it's a directional thing. Yeah. Do the laws come before? I, what, what's first? What comes first? I mean, the idea is. I mean, this is how we kind of teach as Catholics. The rules, so-called, of the Catholic Church actually don't make sense unless you understand the relationship yes, first. Yes, always. Without a relationship. So my, the rules I throw out to my kids don't make sense if I'm just some rando who's just like, don't do that. Thing. I mean, it's only because I love them as a father that the rules I give them have any weight. Or yes. that they should, not that they listen to me, but that if they do listen to me, it's only because. Was it? I, I want to say it was John Paul II, maybe it was Benedict, who said... Um, uh, the world doesn't need, the world doesn't need sour face saints. No, that was Saint Teresa Tears of Avila. Something like the world doesn't need doctrine as much as it needs witnesses. No, the world doesn't need teachers; it needs witnesses. And it's and if it listens to teachers, it's because, it's because they, they are, are first, first witnesses. witnesses. Yes, that, that is that is it. It's the relationship first. Yeah. And do there we, is Samuel. I think we have tortoise. a visit. I think we, we have, have a little visitor. visitor. Samuel, do you want to say hello to our podcast listeners? Hi. Spoke to thousands of people. So that is my son, Samuel, <laughs> who's pretty pumped. Yep. We're talking about the Bible, Sam. <laughs> so here's what's cool about Deuteronomy, though. Can you go off with Sarah for a little bit? <laughs> so what's cool about the way... And the, and the Bible tells me so. That's right. What does it tell you? Jesus is the dead. He rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. Perfect. So... Uh, uh, and little segue brought to you by Samuel Powell. That was wonderful. But here's the thing about the way that um, Deuteronomy begins. So as this good father is now teaching Moses, God puts it in the hands of Moses, and he begins by recounting salvation history. So how do you start plan B? It's by going back and seeing where we've come from. Okay, why did we need a plan B in the first place? It's because this is who we are. This is where we've come from. So really, I think, and this is where I can't quite see the Trinity, but maybe I just didn't read it very closely. I see this week's readings as all about the question of who is Israel? Who are God's people, right? Mm. Because there's a different opinion about that in the Old Testament than there is totally in the New Testament. So what it begins by saying, though, is is, um, Moses said to the people, ask now the days of old before your time, ever since God created man on the earth, 
ask from one sky, end of the sky to the other, did anything so great ever happen before? Was it ever heard of? Did people ever hear the voice of God speaking from the midst of a fire as you did and live? Or did any God venture and take a nation for himself in the midst of another nation by testings, by signs and wonders, by war, strong hand and outstretched arm? Literally, has anybody ever seen a God do anything like this before? Hmm. Your God is like no other. And he did it because he is the Lord and he wanted to form you as a people. He created Israel as a people to be his own. Now, the Old Testament understanding is eventually going to become very insular. Like, yeah, God did do this for us because we're awesome. And what God is going to continually try to show them is, no, no, it wasn't just for you. It's so that you could show everyone else. He's explicit in the Exodus that the purpose of all the plagues was so that the other nations could actually see who Israel's God was so yeah. that they could come. This is the, the, uh, any good story has three acts. I mean, we get this from Aristotle. Right. You know, the first act is always going to set what is the goal. Okay. So, so what what what's happening is that the father is setting the plan here. So what we we see is that we need God wants to actually have a people for His own. Yeah. And how is gonna how is He gonna accomplish this? Is actually how we're we're gonna go through these other two readings. That's true. And 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 which or other three readings? Yeah. Sorry, for, <laughs> I, I forgot that I forgot that Holy Spirit in the Psalm. You can't forget mm-hmm. it. So why don't we actually move on into the Psalm? That's a know. good idea. Um. The, the thing I like about the psalm, well, so if you're thinking, I'm thinking about the question again, who is Israel? Who is God's people? Yeah. Um, because uh, let me just fast forward and say for at least Paul, I think for the New Testament, and Paul is explicit in this, there is no distinction in Paul's mind between Israel of the Old Testament yeah. and the Christians of the New Testament. Right. They are the same people. It is not an ethnic divide. It is so for you and me, I don't know of any Jewish blood that I have, but Abraham is as much my father as he was Moses's, as yes. he was Jesus's or David's or anybody else. I think that's essential, and it's it's not it's totally totally it, essential. It, it, it's not like um, uh, it's it's being grafted. He uses that language, yes. grafted onto the vine, right. it, it, the Gentiles. Now, yeah. it doesn't make us any less part of the tree. Yes, exactly. Right. And it's not a new tree that is like it's it's felled, and then it's trees, a, and both branches fall off of it, and new branches branches come on. We hope that the old branches can come back, and and, and a sprout shall stump a, yeah. a, a, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. It's like this is the same roots. Like yes. this is it's even if we see it in a, in a different way. So as we get into the blessed the people that the Lord has chosen to be His own. What's cool about the psalm, though, so blessed the people of the Lord, the Lord has the chosen to be His own. <laughs> Upright is the word of the Lord. The, the psalm really talks about the the God's word being trustworthy, which is interesting. That Deuteronomy starts by going back and saying, "Let's study God's word and find out where we've come from." But the thing I like about Psalm thirty three is that what we don't get in the mass is that it starts with the words, "Sing a new song hmm. unto the Lord." Yes. So. Even though we're recounting all of the old stuff in the first reading, what the psalm is then calling us to do and thinking about the people that God has chosen to be his own is this is something new that he is doing. This is something unexpected. Well, and, and what, with the way we see language, we have a multiplication of words in our culture, whereas mm-hmm. for a Hebrew, um, uh, you would yeah, actually yeah, yeah. see that a word actually brings into new reality something. Yeah. So so singing a new song unto the Lord is saying we are bringing a new reality into existence. Right. Yeah. And, and and that new song, it's it's not just that this is a nice pretty song that we're going to sing. That no, yeah. that this something real is happening through the song. Yes, absolutely. 
and which gets which, us which is a great segue i think to the second reading absolutely uh, here's what the new thing is and so paul says in romans this is at sort of the, the the capstone moment of of what i think is paul's central theology of what christ has done and so he's just gone for the last four chapters like okay there was this old adam he blew it and then there's this new adam christ he's reconciled what adam did wrong and so here's our role in it and he says at the end of that, brothers and sisters, those who are led by the Spirit, like we learned last week, who's led by the Spirit? Well, all the people that God has now empowered and poured this into. Yes. They're now the sons of God. Not just those who are ethnically Israel, but all those who have received the Holy Spirit. Those 3,000 people on yeah. Pentecost last week, they're the sons of God. Literally. That, that Literally. title, the Son of God, was reserved for the kings of Israel alone. And now Paul's saying, guess what? Anybody who's baptized? you have the title of the kings of the Old Testament. Yes. It's not restricted anymore. He says, uh, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. This is bringing us back to that Exodus story that Deuteronomy is starting. Oh, yeah, we were in slavery. As a people, we were in slavery. And that kind of universal represented the, the, the personal slavery that I experienced in my life. Oh, that's not real. I mean, part of the story of the whole Exodus is that, remember, once they're freed from their slavery, all they want to do is go back to it. They're like, freedom's hard. It yes. stings. we got to work for this. At least, yeah, we were enslaved, but at least they gave us hot food at night. You know, At least we <laughs> had a warm bed. Mm. Freedom's tough. And Paul's it saying, is. it's like that again. You've been freed again in a new way. Don't fall back. Don't be like your ancestors. Um, but you received a spirit of adoption. Uh, and that spirit, yeah. And that spirit is the key. I mean, we're yes. talking about the Holy Trinity. It's like It's like we needed to actually receive the spirit in a way yes. that to allow us to live this because it's it's not just that we're living this on our own strength which is what the the continual failures that right. we see is like oh i'm going to try to just manhandle my way through this right. versus right. actually saying no i'm going to rely i'm going to trust in god through the spirit which has been poured out well that's where this this line he says you have received a spirit of adoption um Obviously, adoption is close to my heart. I have two children who were adopted. But do you know how adoption works in the Roman Empire? So this is written to the capital city of the Roman Empire. Do you, have we talked about this? I don't we, know if we've talked we, about this. We have, and, and, and my recollection of it is, is thin, but I, I could use another explanation. So when he throws again. out, we've got a spirit of adoption, this is not just nice language like, oh, look, he's your father now, everything is great. The way that legal adoption, and adoption wasn't uncommon in the Roman Empire, but the way that it worked... You would basically, and, and often happened with older people. So there were often times when an older child was adopted into a, into a family. That was common. But what happened, you would actually go to a Roman law court, and the person who was to be adopted would be first issued a death certificate. And no. so the Roman government would issue a death certificate with their, with their original name and issue a statement of death. Then, immediately after, they would be given a new birth certificate with their new adopted family name, and they were literally legally reborn in a certain sense. They're issued a death certificate, then they're issued a birth certificate. Whoa. So when Paul is talking about the spirit of adoption, it's not just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like this. He's like, you have – it's implied in his reasoning that, no, through your giving of the, getting the spirit through baptism, presumably, you died. The old person is dead. That's why God is singing a new song in the Psalms, because you're dead to that old way of life. You're dead to that old slavery. You've been issued the death certificate, and you've been given a new birth certificate. That's who you are now. Why shouldn't you go on sinning? Why shouldn't you fall back into slavery? Not because, oh, well, if you sin, you're going to be damned to hell. I mean, that yeah, there's punishment. Yeah. But that's not his logic. His logic is don't sin because it's not who you are. Yes. You're different now. That's yeah. what's profound. You're Israel now. You didn't think you could be Israel because you don't have the bloodline. But guess what? You died to your old family and you're born into a new one. 
It's, which, it's profound. Which is what we were talking about at the beginning of the po- podcast with Pentecost and yeah. our baptism. Yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. We, that in baptism, when we die with Christ and rise again, we've been given the Spirit. Yes. And now, in that, but that spirit, spirit, spirit can that be spirit. inflamed, <laughs> <laughs> which allows us to go into our gospel. Yes, it does. And, it, well, just to finish, Romans then talks about if that's true, then you're heirs. It's not just, you know, mm. this nicety. But you actually have a family lineage now. You have an inheritance. You've got, you got the good. <laughs> you, you got know, the good. <laughs> not about the material stuff, but I mean, you are. Yeah, you yeah. Have every right that a child has. It's it's just it's cool. Because you've died to the life of old and been born again into this reality of this family. And it's cool because I think that's one of those things as Christians. Sometimes we just kind of pass over because it's this kind of Christian uh, nice sounding thing. Like you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. pass over. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like okay, we've been adopted as sons and daughters of God. Blah blah. I don't think about what that means, but it the means gravity of that. Yes. Yeah. And what Paul's audience would have heard. Because that's not an analogy you throw around. You're like, wait, we've been what? Yeah. Adopted. What, what is that? What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, well, that's what it means. So, yes, now we get to the gospel. Which allows us to actually become on mission to draw people into this adopted family. How do you get there? How do you become that? This is the instruction manual. This is the instruction manual. The Spirit's been poured out now. Like, Jesus has actually... Well, no, Pentecost hasn't happened yet at this point. Keep that in mind. Well, yeah, but well, liturgically it has, so we can speak yeah, to yeah. It. I'm sorry, yes, yes. The, but for the in the experience of the apostles, yes, the, the, this is kind of it, it's like a flashback. Well, it's I mean, again, first act, second act, third act. Second act is all complication. Oh, nice. So what happens? Complication. Is, complication is second act. Is second act. Okay. act. So so the 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 link between the first act when we have a goal. Okay is that the protagonist takes up the mission. Okay. They say, okay, yes, I'm going to do this. Okay. And which leads to everything's complicated. Yeah. And basically, a great movie is where somebody says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this on. Okay. And now, all of a sudden, everything goes haywire. You know, it, like... It is a good movie. I actually don't know how to get to this place. And then other people come along, and they're like, I know how to get to this place. And they totally mislead you. And you're like, no. It's like a Muppet movie. It's like a Muppet movie, <laughs> Muppets Take sort of. Manhattan. <laughs> right. But um, it, it's, it's, and, and that's actually the, the joy in which we have is the, in a good story, it's telling us how to actually navigate the difficulties of trying to yes. ex- take on this mission ourselves. So yes. Jesus, now he, wow. he, he tasks and he says, okay, this is the thing is that I've shown you through my life how to actually go and baptize people. And so, yeah. The, yeah, uh, totally. And and so that that's where the third act is the catharsis. Do you think the disciples were baptized? The apostles? The twelve? Like Dude, like in water? That is such I've a I've always compl- wondered and I don't know the answer. I mean, I see the foot washing. I see them oh. um being ordained priests. Yes, but for I, sure. But um like the breathing of the spirit. The breathing of the spirit. I like so I don't I don't know. I mean they oh, must yeah. have. Because we we and would consider think, right? the church would say that it is essential, right? It is essential, and so, um, so where that takes place is not recorded for us, but I yeah. believe that did yeah. happen. Yeah. Okay. But I was curious on your take on that. I've always been curious about that. Yeah. I I mean I I think that they would have, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing the your your, your three act play metaphor it's not a metaphor i'm seeing the three acts here yeah played out i'm seeing the okay so if god is creating this people to be his own like the psalm says this is how they're doing it go therefore and make disciples of all nations in other words i mean what he's literally saying is graft onto israel all nations 
How do you do it? Well, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. That, that one's a key because, as Paul points out then in the second reading, this is going to be hard and you're going to be tempted to go back and turn around and go back into your slavery. It, I, you know, if Jesus says, I, I will be with you always until the end of the age, if it wasn't going to seem like Jesus was not with us, yeah. he wouldn't have needed to say that. Yeah. He needs to point that out because he knows it's going to appear that I'm not with you a lot. Because it's going to get complicated. It's going to get real. So here's my question to you, because I think you saw this more than I did. I see that there's mention of the Trinity in the formula for baptism here, but it's Trinity Sunday. Yes. I feel like I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the thre- I'm not seeing the Trinity as the thread that holds these readings together. And maybe it's not. And maybe what maybe what we're seeing is that it's it is all about Israel. It all it is all about the people of God. But what is Israel except those who have been grafted into the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? So maybe what these readings are all about. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to show me the Trinity here. First, I mean, reading, here. first reading is Father giving us um, rules and, and helping us to understand how to go to the heart through that. Okay. The spirit that has been poured out is in the second reading, oh. helping us to understand that. Oh. And then the son is actually give, tasking us and giving us mission in the gospel. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Did you just say that a minute ago? No. A few minutes ago? Okay. Because no, as I you mean, were going through the acts, I was like, did you? No, but but this oh, is... Oh, man. Is, is, this is you were ready to go with that. You had that answer. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because I was, I was seeing that. I was trying to set up the stage as we were going through and setting and you, context. And so you did. And Because wow. what, what is this, this spirit is is the lifeblood that throws, flows through, yeah. that makes us one people, which is the Father's desire for us. And then Jesus actually shows us how to actually draw other people in and graft them into this vine. Wow. It's through this baptism, through Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Heck. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Way to tie the old knot there. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> tie the thread. Tie the, th- tie the thread. Tie the knot. Well, that's what he's trying thread to ask knot. us to do thread is t- the tie the knot, man. Draw <laughs> everybody into the um into this wedding feast that's, of the Lamb. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely to it. the covenant people through. That's absolutely it. But who are we wedded to? But the Trinity itself. But the Trinity itself. Oh, man, that's cool. Man, <laughs> well, happy Trinity Sunday. Happy then. Trinity Sunday, y'all in house. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well. I guess that's that. I guess that's that. This is a, a little bit of a shorter podcast this week. That's all right. Hey, don't think it all got in there. I'm not that short. Oh, it's, it's the podcast. Was, no, it's the podcast. My goodness. <laughs> Come on, I can't. All over again. <laughs> <laughs> just let that. We'll just let that hang there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so hey, guys, look us up on Facebook. Thanks for everybody that showed concern for our live. <laughs> I know it was. It, there was less people who were frustrated that there was no podcast, and more people who were like, "Are you okay? Are you alive?" Because you're there every week. I know. I mean, we've done this transcontinental. Like, literally, well, nothing has stopped us in three years, except the interwebs last week. The interwebs. Or, 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 I was, don't know what happened. I'm still frustrated. I'm still worked up. Yeah, it was. It was just this one file, and it was my voice. It was like. I think but it not was all an, of it. Yeah, it was your voice. It was like half the podcast, and so we, I was tempted to just tell you to post it. was a quarter it of the podcast with thing. you. <laughs> well, you can kind of hear your voice in the background on my audio. I was file. half tempted to tell you to just like I, post I it. I almost but, did. But then I was like, you know what? It would I almost be, did it. But you talk about people yelling at their, <laughs> their, <laughs> their headphones. Wait, what is he laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so frustrating. To it really to. would be. Just posting half of a conversation. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the people, it could be choose your own adventure with the podcast. <laughs> what did Father Peter say? <laughs> but, <laughs> I could just pretend to be Father Peter. <laughs> huh? I could use that's a brilliant point, that. Scott. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so look I us up give on. You a raise. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, look us up on Facebook on 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 uh, 
Twitter. Send us an email. Inter- interwebs. Interwebs, emails. Go hiking. Go, go out get, into the world. Get in reality. And baptize people. I mean, baptize people. Th- could, could you imagine if people were like, dude, I'm going to take this seriously? And they're just like, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son. Dude, when I was a focused missionary, um, there was a guy. I He was one of the guys that I was mentoring. He was mentoring a younger kid who was an RA. And this RA got so pumped about the gospel message, he baptized his whole floor in the drinking fountain <laughs> of their dorm. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. He did. So there was some ra- – don't do that because it's a little more – because it's a legitimate baptism. Yeah, no, like so they're, they're like baptized. They're, yeah. And <laughs> so that happened. I can't I, – do you know what would, what would happen? <laughs> he was so excited, though. <laughs> <laughs> As a pastor. You know, the bishop I, found out, and he's like, oh, no, we have, oh, to, do, we have to work on this. Yeah, like, okay, we need to catechize them now <laughs> and <laughs> get them initiated. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're partly initiated, but yeah. not fully initiated. Anyway. May you be initiated into the gospel fully. <laughs> the drinking fountain of your of your souls. Okay, God bless you. We okay, you. bye you guys. Bye. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. www.thomascenter.org You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org See you next week. <laughs>